Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father, thank you for today and for all the things you've accomplished in it, whether we've seen it or not. Father, you do so much for us. I pray right now we'd be able to reflect upon not only what you're doing, but what you have done and the things that we will see you do, Father, that we'd be able to see your hand throughout our day, beckoning us into a deeper, more intimate relationship with you. Father, let us not hold back from you. Let us just plunge into that cold water like in a, in a pool where we dive in and then quickly find enjoyment. Father, I thank you for those opportunities where you reveal yourself in a place where we didn't think we would see you or find you in there, but there you were. I thank you for those opportunities. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, as we get started, we want you guys to know two very important things that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. As always, all the links for all the things, check us out, buddywalkwithjesus.com. Support the ministry, check out our store, so on and so forth. Um, You can find us on Facebook if you have um, topics that you want to hear us cover, um, commentary, anything like that. You can shoot us a message there. And last but not least... Um, if you are in need of prayer, do not hesitate to reach out prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com. This week, we're going to have a conversation. It's, it's one thing to get on and talk to you guys about very specific things, teach that sort of thing. Um, and there's, that is something that we enjoy doing, but when real life occurs, when the day to day occurs, It is absolutely necessary to be open about the fact that big or small, long in the tooth, just saved, this, it doesn't matter. We all still experience life and experiencing life uh, requires something of us. You know, yes, we are called to turn to God, but we're also called to stay there. You know what I mean? And by that, for for those that aren't tracking, what I mean is it's step one to enter into the presence of God, talk to God, communicate with God, you know, all of those kinds of things. But it's important to remember that there are other steps after that point, meaning we will still be experiencing things. Things will still be going on. Maybe the resolution doesn't come right away. Maybe something else happens within the situation, so on and so forth. Ultimately, it's our job to stay in that presence, stay in that posture. Um, Win, lose, or draw, I guess is a good way to put it. And Edgar, I want to hear... I want to pick your brain here. I want to hear the goings on that of somebody that 
has this kind of experiential faith that you have where you what what goes on in that moment where you are taking a step back and you're like man i'm i'm on the ropes on this one i'm just i'm just disappointed i'm just i'm just down about about this situation and and i i'm actively acknowledging that i need to remain in the right posture You know what, Joe? Uh, that's a great question. Um, and you know what? It just so happens I know of a similar situation. Um, I think I call it today. Um, and I'm going to caveat or preface this, I should say, with this is not the worst thing in the world. It, it isn't. But it's a major, major inconvenience oh, that's going on. And for those of you who aren't aware, for the last three months, my wife and I and our three children have been without a kitchen in the house due to a slow leak that was a major, major issue. So here we have an issue where the kitchen is completely gutted. There's no lower cabinets. There's, you know, down to the drywall, the flooring has been removed. The refrigerator is in the living room the stove is in the living room we use a crock pot a hot kettle or an electric kettle and a toaster oven to make meals mind you there's a limited range that can be that and sometimes we're able to use the instapot but also most of the times we have to purchase food outside this is so you know not this is first world problems it, it's not there are a lot of people who are suffering worse, but what happens is there's a slow, you know that phrase you say a lot of time, death by a thousand cuts? Over the months of trying to get the insurance company to talk with the contractors, because lo and behold, there's a difference of opinion on what the final cost should be. Who would have thought but we're talking about a $12,000 difference. I don't have $12,000 to pay the contractor um, for what's legitimately part of the issue. And this is where it gets into the details. Um, but, you know, trying to work through what's going on. And I've been sharing in, in my, my church group, um, that in these trials it's an opportunity to lean into god um and the bible talks about it you know um count it all joy when you suffer trials and tribulations now mind you some people will say that's not a trial and it's not a tribulation you know if you're on the outside looking in you may feel that way but those who have seen day in and day out of having to come up with new ways of doing things it, it, it is a different take on it but the thing is that the Lord understands to us what is a difficult circumstances, even though those who, who may love us and who may have a certain grasp of understanding that doesn't align with uh, the circumstance we're going on might not see. But in that trial, you have the ability to start getting, making choices of mindset. And by that, I mean, you get upset, you become bitter, you get angry, 
or you really take it to the Lord, or you decide, Lord, why aren't you doing anything? And then you, you go through these many different phases, and we all go through this, we all have this. But as you develop from trial to trial, the Bible says you go from glory to glory. And in, in glory, in anybody's depiction of glory, I will say this, whether they realize it or not, there's, there's no darkness in their thought of the word glory. There's no darkness. There's God's presence. So therefore, to me, that's telling me that I have to stay focused up. Is God doing something here? And I believe he's always doing something in whatever circumstance. The thing is, as, as I'm going through this over the months of trying to get somebody just to return a call to someone else so that the two can speak and it move forward. And it's really just stuck on flooring right now, flooring. You know, can we get the right flooring? Well, why don't we just get a sample? I said to them today and we could just bring it here. If, if it matches, it's better for me. I don't care, but I don't want two-tone floor. Again, not the worst thing in the world, but there is, I have a mortgage and part of the mortgage people may not realize is that the house has to maintain a certain value. And so I have to make sure that everything gets repaired up to that value. So meaning that it's got to be like before. Otherwise, you know, there's an issue. What that is, I don't know. It's a lot of jargon I don't care to get into. I really don't want to think about it, honestly. I, I, I come from the old school of leave me alone. <laughs> but um, so here, here we are at this and the company that I'm working with, the insurance company, which by the way, I'm not going to name, um, nobody would return my calls. And I found the person I was working, which they're, I'm learning stuff as I'm doing this because this is my first house that I've owned. The person is a desk adjuster, which is different than a field adjuster. And the desk adjuster takes the claim and helps get it through underwriting and get it pushed forward, make sure that everything is a legitimate claim. That's my understanding of it. You know, I'm gonna leave it with that. This person, I talked with and I said, well, your last supplement check that you sent, which I never received, was only for $800. That is nowhere near what the construction people were saying would be needed. There's, so the, there's a disagreement. Can you please talk with them? And so she would said, she, this was a Friday. I'll, don't worry, I'll get to them and I'll call you back. Never heard word from her. Tried to follow up never found got in contact with them again so this person i find out she no longer works for the company i called again they said they would switch me over and it did that one ring then drops so i called back and i spoke with someone very nice guy um he took my information he says he was going to send this as an urgent email with all the information that i put in just letting him know that it's been outstanding. And I believe he was genuinely concerned and did his portion of what he said. But again, it wasn't gonna go beyond him sending an email. So I figured I'm gonna call this guy. This is Thanksgiving week that this is happening. So this guy may be that I'm trying to reach maybe on vacation for the first three days of the week. 
and then be off Thursday and Friday for the holiday. So I figured I'm going to call each day and leave a message. I'm going to be that um, widow in the parable annoying the judge. Not to be mean, but just to say, hey, I'm trying to get in touch with you. I need your help. And this is what the bit, the, the essence of my message is. Can you help me move this forward? It's been three months and everything. And no response. I just go straight to voicemail and that's it. So I called back and again, the first call, they switched me over and it did that ring drop. And then I called again and I spoke with someone who happens to be another desk adjuster. And she did tell me that the other one had left and that she will look to take the case on in her stack of cases, which she called a queue. But she's got no information for me. And I explained to her what I've been going through and everything. And, um, but she's not taking it for gospel. You know, she's not taking what I'm saying as the end all be all. And which I understand. I said, you know, that it's unfortunate, but the last time I spoke with the desk adjuster, she didn't even know she had an email waiting from the construction company about the, um, the supplementals that need to be done. So there's a lot of information I have to follow through. And after I got done with that phone call, I just felt like she was really not going to be as helpful as I thought might be because uh, she seemed very reticent. You know, it doesn't have to be an exact match. Okay. Again, first world problem. But I said, if I can tell the difference, my wife is going to be far more. She's going to see the difference far more better than I will. Cause she's, she's an artist and women have like special eyesight. They can see gradients better than, than men can. And there are studies to show that. So I, I lean with the studies on that because it's true in my experience. That being said, when I got off the phone, I was just, I got no more Lord. I really don't. I, I, I wouldn't say I was depressed, but I felt depleted. I felt like I was at the end of me. And I, I don't know if when I spoke with Ujo or if I was saying it to somebody else, but I feel like that's the opportunity where God can step in, which is actually what I was saying on Sunday. So lo and behold, <laughs> this is where people say, be careful what you say, because you're going to get that. But lo and behold, God is able to show me that I understand his truth. Now I can live his truth. So there's sometimes there's a bit of a, you know, a, a chasm between the two in human experience, but it's very good to know that even if you understand it, you have to understand it so that when you face it, you're able to enter and walk through press in. We talked a lot about leaning into the issue or the trial on Sunday, which is a way of saying, you know, you're going to hold on to what God is doing because he's doing something there that while may be painful, it's for a reason. And now a lot of people don't like that thought that God gives us trials. I don't want it to be a thing where he's, he's causing evil, but the Bible says that he causes all things to work together for good. Well, what is that? Some of the things that go wrong in life. So in my experience, me being of a certain age, having lived a long time, well, 
not by everybody's standards, but to the point where, you know, you feel the weight, you know, I'm taking care of my wife and children. I'm, I have a job that's very demanding and I have to find time to keep on top of this stuff. And some of it, honestly, I don't know if I understand or know what's missing. So I'm trusting God to help me. Now, I, I'll tell you this, this house was a gift from God. And I know people says, well, it's got a mortgage. That's not really a gift. No, it is a gift from God. The job to pay for the mortgage is a gift from God. The family who live in the house to enjoy it is a gift from God. So everything's a gift from God. And he, I think for me today, I felt like, I want to say it was so depleted that I had nothing more to give. I wasn't angry. I guess despondent would be the word that I was most like, oh, what can I do? I can't do anymore. I can't give anymore. I can't push it. It's not under my control. Lo and behold, how many things are under our control? Honestly, how many? So, you know, even at my age, it's a bit of a wake up call. You know, this is the way life is. And, you know, this is what, what makes the Lord so good because in our weakness, he is strong. And that's only if we're willing to let him do what he wants to do. Because some of us are able to keep mustering stubbornness in strength and keep pushing for. And, you know, it's very easy to call and demand. Oh, and I will say this. There were points during this journey I wanted to go scorched earth on the insurance company. <laughs> I wanted to tell them a thing or two not nasty but to tell them that they're failing and it's going to be a bad reputation and i think I, at one point i did tell the lady no yeah i did tell her i think i would not recommend your company i just wouldn't because i'm having such a bad experience it's my first time and i'm having such a bad experience if somebody told me what do you think of your insurance company i would say run far don't do it do your research um so you know is, is that a terrible thing to do? I don't know. But the thing is, my attitude may be very poor in that. And the scriptures are clear that God wants to bless us, but he wants us to bless us in a certain way. Not in a way that reaffirms our, our wrong attitudes, like bitterness, anger, depression, anything like that. He wants to affirm us in things that bear fruit things that advance his kingdom. So today was a learning opportunity for me. And even though I felt at the end of myself, I got to see God to start to move things. Because apparently my conversations, which you know I didn't think were much or were getting any kind of headway, but because God had grace enough to give me wisdom and put words in my mouth that honestly I wouldn't be able to t recall to you very well, that he was able to move the ball rolling. But mind you, what happens to us in a vacuum, we don't understand everything else that's going on. So I called the construction company, told them I made contact with this person. This is her contact information her extension and her email. You can try to reach out. 
he reached out, not only did he reach out to her and made contact, there was a major discussion and the field adjuster, the guy who comes to the house and does um, the inspection, the physical inspection, gave him the lowdown. <laughs> so there were things that were going on behind the scene. But apparently what's happening is this company is being bought. And if it's on the books that they have a policy that has not been satisfied in three months, because they're, they're having to reopen mine as un, unsatisfied or whatever term they use, it's not reconciled or completed or whatever word they use in the industry. That would look bad. The, and apparently a lot of adjusters have left. So they're shorthanded. This is why they probably didn't get back. There's probably a bunch of emails sitting somewhere unread. And it's unfortunate because people like me in my situation, we have things that are affecting us in our homes that need to be corrected. This is why we have insurance. This works out to my benefit because, you know, there's an air or an atmosphere of wanting to get it completed which I didn't have before. There was no movement. There was no flooring ordered. There was no okay to get the flooring or even get a sample in. And, and I'm gonna say the construction company is nice when they say it was only a month or so that they've been waiting. We've been waiting for three months, but I would even say two months we've been waiting for the flooring. Uh, so there was a lot of stuff that's going on now. And all I needed to know is that somebody is doing something. And it was a hard feeling to feel like nobody was doing it. Thanksgiving is this week and we're going to have a crock pot turkey. I know that sounds delicious to some people, <laughs> but I'm a crispy <laughs> kind of guy. Um, but then, you know, we have the holidays. We we're not able to uh, put up a tree. That's something important to us. Um, you know, there's a certain, you know, we live in a small part of the first floor. And by live, I mean just the living room, the dining room, and I have my home office on the first floor. But the other parts, the bathroom, the mud room, and the um, kitchen are all gutted. Um, the bathroom and the mud room are not too, you know, don't have any drywall missing, but the flooring is gone. So I'm probably not using the right terms here, but the one thing, one of the things that that does is on a concrete slab, you have a lot of dust. So it's always some form of dust around. And for my breathing, it's not good. I just had a daughter who had no uh, nasal surgery because she was getting uh, infection, the swollen nip, uh, whatever they call that inside the nose. Um, and another one has eye problems. Uh, where she'll get uh, um, like an allergic reaction in her eye. It turns pink. It's not pink eye, um, but it's like irritated kind of thing. So we all have this modicum of, uh, uh, of issues with dust. Um, it's not terrible where things are coated, but if you breathe it in, it's just it just makes you tired and all that stuff. So these are all minor things in the light of things. But when you add everything up, it's like that death of a thousand cuts that you mentioned. 
But what was really great for me and a gift for me today was to see there's forward movement. And to the point where the field adjuster is going to come tomorrow with the construction guy to take a look at the flooring, to take a look at where it's missing, because um, some things were not part of the adjustment that should have been in the original one because the bathroom and the mudroom were affected. That was not even on the, um, the first, whatever they call it, the first um, installment or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't on there. So this was, um, this was something of getting the first part right. The part that should have been correct was it was missing stuff and i don't know if you've ever seen this document but it's a lot of listing this and listing that the dimensions and everything and i i tried to keep it in my head do they have this do they have that where is this listed where is that it's very hard and um i think it was a 30 page document of all that but the one thing I did understand was what the contractor said was the cost because it's bold and it's at the end. It might be in the front too. I can't remember, but that number is huge. And you know, that's contractors. And then the, um, what the first payment that the insurance company said was small compared. Um, so, I knew we were going to be in for a bumpy ride. Um, I didn't think it would be this way, but if we learn to look at things through God's hands, then I say to myself, he's got to be telling me something here. And you know, my wife and my kids are same thing for them applies. He's got to be telling me Edgar specifically something here. What is that? Do I discover it? Did I just discover it today that, you know what, when you get the end of you, I'm right there. I'll catch you. Don't you worry. Um, that might have been it. That I can fully trust him to do what I cannot do of my own. Now, I'll tell you this. This is not going to be the end of that lesson. That's going to be a lesson learned throughout my life. And I, and I think it's good to keep that in mind. Um, you know, there's been a lot of tragedy in, in, in life. In my life, I've had, um, a lot. Sometimes, um, it seems that that's all that goes on because we measure in events. We don't measure in years or days, really, you know, what's going on in a person's life, you know, the events that go on, the deaths, the marriages, the divorces, the, um, loss of income, those kinds of things. So we, we tend to measure in events. The one thing humanity does is a lot of times we measure only the negative. We don't measure the good as, as well. You know, you can take things like graduations, you know, starting a new job, beginning a new life with your spouse, the births of your children. A lot of times, these are major ones, but there's a lot of, I would say, million little things that God does throughout 
your your days, your life, where that all adds up. <laughs> Excuse me, <coughs> that all adds up. So, what 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 is my focus? And I'll be honest. I think sometimes I don't see all the good that he's just buried deep within my day, and some of it just requires a little bit of digging. But some of it requires pursuit. Some of it requires a lot of digging. Um, I know I'm blessed because I know God exists. So, if I don't think I'm blessed, then I might not understand what the word blessed means. Um, even though I believe I do, there's something to be said for a person who takes account in his life. And we see this a lot with people who get older in years. Because you lived long enough, you realize youth has passed you by. The things that are meaningful have slipped out of your grasp. Um, and that can be a hard thing. And I'll give you an example. A lot of times we have our older citizens in nursing homes and they'll recall the days when they were younger, you know, candies that they bought for a penny, you know, the families they've lost, the families that don't visit. And they look to yesterday of all the treasures they had, which they might not have had the chance to appreciate during the time they had that. And that's a reflection um, where it, it does take some sobriety to look at, to be able to see what God has given you. Can we, at this point in time, say we're blessed? Can we say that I'm thankful for what I have? You know, it may not be the biggest one most wonderful material thing, but I tell you, I get so much joy out of it. The simple things like I, one thing that I, I don't have anymore is I used to play dominoes with my mother and she was a tile counter, the little cheat. <laughs> she would say, I know what you have in your hand because so much has played. She could figure out what she could throw and keep me from winning the game. Sometimes it would work. Sometimes. Well, most of the times. Okay, if I'm being honest. But uh, I don't get that opportunity anymore. It's gone. But I'm thankful for what I've had. Um, and, you know, how your mindset is tells you whether you can enjoy what's been given to you. And the world likes to make us crabby. The world likes to make us bitter or angry or any of the many negative emotions. But at one point we realize we make the choice to align with it. And as easily as we align with it, we can say, no, I'm going to use God's eyes and I'm going to align with him and his kingdom. That's why forgiveness is so important. Joy is so important. And of course, love is so important. So those are the little things that I'm learning throughout today 
this journey to getting the kitchen back in place, the appreciation for it, and the gift that it is. So I wanna I wanna circle back to the first part of what you said. You'd said several times that you they that kind of first world problems, you know, they're not that big of a deal, kind of low-key minimizing it. And I think sometimes as humans, it's almost a game of we do that before somebody else can do that in response to what we say. That like, oh yeah, that's so okay, you had a really bad hardship, but like at the same token, I I ask of anybody, go ahead without a working kitchen for three months. Go ahead without for some people their lifestyle that would suit perfectly fine. And but but to me, that's no different than a version of that that looks like you had car problems or you had some other kind of major appliance or major householdy sort of sort of problem. And especially for guys like us, it can become very tempting to go to when we whenever we talk about this kind of stuff, whenever we talk about leaning into God, whenever we talk about counting your blessings and all of these other things, to showcase these examples by using the major things like the 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 things that the world would consider much larger in scale but the thing that i'm finding is that that's for nobody else that's like that's like saying you know to me that's along the same lines of trying to judge the efficacy of somebody's actions like he doesn't pray good enough, he doesn't speak eloquently enough, or whatever like that. There's these different aspects of life, right, that are so individual to each one of us that the, that's what this looks like for us. And I, knowing, you know, your backstory, knowing the goings-on outside of just the kitchen thing, I, I have a better idea of what the sum total is of the situation versus just this one aspect. But even still, just with the one aspect of it, it is something that not only did it impact your life, but you got jerked around, you got lied to, you got you were you found yourself in a situation where by the world's standards you know, yes, the world will make us, will, will put us into situations where that is our response, but it will also encourage us to go that direction. That's a two-pronged thing. You know what I mean? Like, yes, these situations do come up and things like that, but by the world's standards, you had every single reason to start in on those people with all kinds of outside of their name and four-letter words. The world would tell you you were justified. And what we do with that, what we do with the situations, are it, it matters. You know what I mean? It matters in the things that outside people would consider small or the things that we consider big. You know what I mean? We could sit here, you know, there's, I, I point back to the times that I've told, you know, the bits and pieces of my story that I've told along the way. And I point back to you sharing your story. 
And yeah, those things, that's a, that's, that's a slam dunk to talk about God during those things. They're so significant and so big and so monumentous in so many different ways that it begs to talk about God's involvement. But what about the everyday? What about the daily driver sort of situations? What about that time where you were super stressed and you got into it with your wife? What about that time where uh, it's just uh, it's just one time. I just I just need to let off a little bit of steam. You can fill in the blank with whatever it is, with whatever that filling or what with whatever that blowing off a little bit of steam is for you. Whatever drug, whatever chemical, whatever thing that you shouldn't be looking at. These little things, quote unquote, they matter in the large scale practical sense and part of why i wanted you to come on here and and tell this story is because i think it's good for saints of all ages to be reminded that there is a daily practice to remaining in the power and presence of god that this is an active choice to do this kind of thing, you know? And and I think it bears mentioning that, you know, I, I've made the joke, I've made the joke here, I've made the joke to other people, I've made the joke to you, to a lot of times, to a lot of people. You're the kind of dude that makes the hair on the back of somebody's neck stand up on end in the best possible way. Just because it's just, it's just, you have that kind of relationship with God. You have you have that kind of presence about you. And and those of us that have a person like that in their life, I think it can be easy to think that that person doesn't still go through those same daily driver things. Still has to be conscious in what it is that they do, how it is that they respond, all of those kinds of things. And then you realize, wait a minute, wait a minute. The only difference, catch this, between somebody like me and somebody like you is you can measure in decades how many times you've made the conscious choice to stand in front of God. Regardless of what it is, big, small, good, bad, indifferent, win, lose, draw. That, that, that's it. It's not this magic thing. It's not this secret sauce that you figured out or 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 a magic spell or anything ridiculous it is just years time spent right we've talked about before how our relationship was built over a decade of time spent of conversations of leaning into our friendship that it's that same kind of deal. It's not, it wasn't always these super weighty conversations or it wasn't always, you know, bone crushing tragedy or like these, these huge things. Sure, that happened. Sure, plenty of that has happened over the last 10 years. But it's still that daily practice and that, da that daily institution of how what you do with all of this thing, this whole thing called life. Yes, 
Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point, and it's something as as you were speaking was coming up for me. You know, and, and before I get to that, the one thing I do didn't mention that is also a factor is the kitchen is where we decide what nutrition level we're going to have. And because I have to watch what I eat, it's been a hardship for my family to make the foods that I should be eating. Um, but we still could work around that. But what was neat is that during these times of trial, God gives us family. It's like you were saying, my church family, they make, they have made meals. They have bought meals for us. As a matter of fact, because we are not, as you say, as you pointed out, we're not, you know, making, uh, we're not complaining or we're saying it's still not done. They had no idea this was still going on. But once they got word that it's going on, the food train, I think they call it, started up again and so they came and they brought meals and everything which is nice to have people care for you in such a way that they're doing something like that in a practical way and it it blesses them to do that they want to do it it's not a coercion thing and i think that's what i one of the things i liked that's coming out of this particular situation is that you get to see people come together you know you see this in amish communities you see it in a lot of different communities tight communities where there's something that happens and people just come out of the goodness of their hearts to do something to help you'll see this a lot of times when they're suffering um i think of those fund pages those gofundme pages where there's a, an issue god has given us the ability to be loved by his family or the gift i should say the gift of being loved by his family and being cared for by his family and we all have the privilege of doing the loving and the caring of giving sacrificially whether it's money or time or listening there are many ways we can connect to each other especially when there's a tragedy but it's also important when there's nothing major driving the connection like you would say we would talk with each other and just do life with each other you know i still remember when you came over to the house and i think i i'm gonna i'm gonna paraphrase it but you you can correct me if i'm wrong since you share the same memory i asked you if you ever had a fried salami and egg sandwich and you didn't right, right. and then i made it for you and you thought, hey, that's not bad. Now, Joe's a cook. Okay, so I'm up against a wall here. But he liked it. And you know how I like I know he liked it. He finished it. So that's the way you tell. I was taken today and thinking about, you know, what what we're going to talk about. What Because, you know, big shocker, a lot of times these conversations that you guys hear they're all ad hoc conversations. It's not like they're super scripted, at least not anymore. Oh, I used to 100% you basically use a script, but I'm, I'm thinking about this and I, I happened to look at the app for the company that hosts the show. And I noticed, I, it had been a while since I had looked at where who who was listening the most in which country 
And I was taken by the fact that um, Pakistan has made a significant leap up that list. Germany has made a significant leap up that list. And India has taken more of the lion's share. Now, you guys have always, since, since we released in India, you guys have stayed the, the most listened to country for us. But that number has since grown. And I'm thinking here, you know, we are coming into a season where you hear so much about gratitude, you know what I mean? And this isn't going to, we're not going to, we've already talked about gratitude in another episode. I'll link that in the description. But we live in a time, or we live, we're, we're in a time of the year where there's so much of that conversation happening, but with something like this, our community... God has seen to it that our community is a diverse one. It's not that we're just another American Christian podcast. We are Americans, but America is one of the one of the smaller countries that that has uh, listenership for us. And so, I'm wrapping my mind around hearing from you earlier and processing this. And I'm realizing that's it. That's that. That is the thing, right? Big, small. That might be something that you shared that might track more with a more American crowd. But there are there are nuggets that if you're catching this, if you're catching what if people are catching what you're saying you realize that whatever the version looks like, whatever the flavor text of the situation looks like, that it's still this same idea that situations are going to come up. Whatever size or scale or shape they are, they are going to come up. And I think sometimes as, as Christians... We, it becomes easy to forget, and I know because I'm I am a part of this group, that it begin it begins to become easy to forget that we aren't guaranteed that you know we pray, bam, done, we're out of the weeds, we're good, situation over, clear, done. There are situations, and I want to be clear in saying this, I have, again, experienced this firsthand where God will miraculously step into the situation and miraculously change the situation. So, yes, that is a thing. But just because we pray, just because we engage, doesn't mean that instantaneously the situation is over. There is a persistence that has to take place. I was having a conversation with another with another kingdom-minded dude um, over the weekend, and he had made a comment that I'm the type of person that I, I keep going back to that whole relational thing, that whole relational part of God. And I told him flat out, it's the only way that God makes any sense to me. It, it, it is. It's the only way that any of this makes any sense. And that you have to get to this point where you almost become stubborn about it. You almost become stubborn for staying your ground. 
regardless of what is going on or how much justification you have, you stand your ground. And when you do that, you give God the opportunity to work. You know what I mean? Like you're saying about how your your church community came came around you and how these different situations that's the kingdom folks one thing that i feel the need to mention in all of this when we react it's not just about us it's actually not just about god either because you don't know who's watching you when right like in these situations as married men our wives are watching us if you've got kids your kids are watching you and even beyond just the immediate nuclear family you know I i'm taken back to when we moved into this place and do and guys came over to help that had no other reason other than the fact that they just came over to help and my professing agnostic brother was a part of this group and he noticed that these guys who had every reason not to come came and showed up and helped and that is pushing forward the kingdom in practicality like i said it requires something of us we don't make it happen that's that's there's a there's a key difference here it's not that we are the ones that are creating blessing by our actions i guess is a good way of putting it but it is effort on our part works is one thing effort is another and when we stay when we persevere when we lean into god we make the effort of staying put and being in that place yeah you reminded me of when james says i'll show you my faith by my works right and stuff so yes so yeah this is a good change of uh, i think it's a good change of pace to talk to you guys about the the various um levels of situational life that take place in our lives and i'm hoping that for those of you listening across the world that this was translatable you know what i mean that that, that this is that this is something that translates to things that that you guys go through that the principles remain the same even if it looks a little bit different and every once in a while we say this and i i feel compelled to say this again we would love to hear a foreign version of situational life to hear those stories to hear how god is working to hear what that version looks like so seriously do not hesitate to reach out we would love to talk I amen to that. I would love to hear that. You know, but the if if everything else is forgotten, the one thing I would say I would love for everybody to remember is as you're facing a trial, ask God what is it you're trying to tell me through this time? What is it you're saying, Father? And you may be surprised he may say you're not alone and bring others around you during this time. And 
there are people, and I'm one of them, that have a hard time um, asking other people for help or asking people, do you see where I'm at? Can you help me? Um, I don't think that's too uncommon. Uh, so, and I think wherever you are in the world, this is a natural, not, I guess not natural, but a societal thing that goes on. Don't be alone. First and foremost, God. Second, the people around you that he's given you to love. And love them through letting them help you navigate whatever's going on. And I like what you said, Joe, about standing firm uh, in conviction. Because I think, and I don't know um, if it was said or the conviction, um, standing firm should be a conviction of God's identity. And by that, I mean that you are so sure who God is that no one is going to dissuade you from it. No one's going to change your mind on it. Um, I have been known to be stubborn about that, but I've always felt like if, if, if what I feel about God or what I know about God is incorrect, I'm willing to see what the truth is. If you want to put something out there, I'll take a look at it. I'm not scared to take a look at it. Uh, you know, and there are some people out there who have really uncomfortable ideas. Uh, but scripture really holds out and I'm thankful for God that he makes things clear to this mind enough that I don't get pulled into some of these other things that are going on. But that conviction, that conviction of who God is, is very important these days. I think there's going to be more opportunity to stand firm for the kingdom of God through moving it forward by doing things. Um, and as trials come along, they can sometimes be distractions from what God has to do. Not all of them will be a learning experience. Some of them will be distractions that you can learn through. But if we give into the distraction, then we're looking at the waves and not at Jesus. So however we can keep our eyes on the Lord, that's going to be the key goal for us. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence, Father. You are the gift that we desire. You are the entire enjoyment of our being, Father. Forgive us for not realizing that enough, for not partaking in it, for not being greedy about it, Father. Fill us with you, Father. Fill us to the point where we share. We have to share because we can't hold any more in for ourselves. Father, allow us to love people around us the way you want. To, to show them the kingdom. To reveal them to them what you've shown us. So that they will say, I want God now to show me. Father, make us your little lights throughout the world, Father. And I thank you for each brother and sister listening, Father. Encourage their hearts. We thank you for all of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.